Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. One of my favorite Christmas movies of all time is a, is a little Christmas movie uh, called Christmas Vacation. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's one of the series of the vacation movies, Chevy Chase. And um, it's a hilarious movie. It's one of the movies that I try to watch uh, every year at Christmas time. And the best part of it is, it, well, one of the best parts of it is the opening scene. Because Chevy Chase uh, wants to take his family to go out into the woods to chop down their own Christmas tree. And as you can imagine, he doesn't go to a Christmas tree farm. He just drives out into the woods to look for a tree and chops it down and takes it home. Well, I thought that was the most amazing thing. But I lived here in the Bay Area when I first saw it, and so I was thinking to myself, well, there's no chance for me to ever do that myself. And then we moved to Florida. And in Florida... They have Christmas tree farms where you can go and chop down your own tree. And I thought, this is the most amazing thing. I am going to do this for Christmas. So one year we went out and we went to go and chop down our own Christmas tree. And the Christmas tree farm that we went to was huge. I mean, it was just acres and acres of trees. And I was thinking to myself, how in the world am I going to get to the back where you know, that's where they put all of the good stuff. It's always in the back, right? So I'm thinking, how am I going to get there? So I saw that this was their system. They had a tractor that had a cart that it pulled a big cart and a big tractor. And the tractor just did a loop all around the farm. And you would get onto the tractor and ride to wherever and tell the guy to stop and he'd stop and you'd get off and then you'd find the tree you want, chop it down, and then you'd just wait until the tractor bus comes around again to pick you up to take your tree to the front. It was a great system. You get a saw, you go out, had the kid, had the kid with me. The other kid was too small yet, had the kid with me. And we went out to go and chop down our own tree. So we went far, because I know they're hiding the best trees. So we went far out. I found, the. we jumped off the tractor, I found the perfect tree. And this is what they don't tell you when you're chopping down your own Christmas tree. Like this Christmas tree right here. You see how beautiful and full it would be if it was real? There's only like three inches of space under that tree for you to climb under and use the saw and hack at it to get the tree to come down. So I climbed under and I hacked at it for hours. (laughs) See, they don't tell you, I mean, the guys, you know, when you go to to Home Depot to get your Christmas tree, the guy has a, has a chainsaw and he just goes in and everything is ready to go. He gets, lops off the end. But when you're using a hacksaw on that tree, it goes, it, it's hard to get it started. And once you get halfway through, through, the tree leans over. And now you have to start chopping at it slowly. It was a mess. So I am now a firm believer in Home Depot for Christmas trees. But I loved, I loved Christmas out in the country. It was fun. It, it, was, 
it was very different from the Christmases that I remember having when we were here uh, living in the city before we spent some time in Central Florida. Uh, One of the greatest things that I I thought was, and I miss, um, is that uh, where we lived, uh, there were still groups of people, mostly church groups, that would go down the street in like 20, 30 people in a group that would go Christmas caroling. And they would just go door to door, down the middle of the street, singing Christmas songs, and people, get this, I know this is strange, right? People would open their front door and listen and sing along as you were walking by and, having Chris, and singing Christmas songs. I loved it. I thought it was just the greatest thing. I wish that we would do that here, but here we would be walking down the street and some guy's going to turn the corner at 40 miles an hour and mow us all down. You know, it would, not, it would not be a Merry Christmas. But I love Christmas. And one of the things that I love about Christmas, that I love about Christmas that I missed when I was out in the country was all of the lights and the excitement and the busyness of Christmas in the city. And for those of you who are here, who live in the Bay Area, those of you who are watching us online, you'll never know the joy of downtown San Francisco at Christmas time. It, for me, is my most favorite place to be at Christmas. There's so much to do. There's so much to see. The city is just an incredible place to be at Christmas time. And I'm not knocking those, of you, those people, maybe some of you who are watching us who live out in the country. It has its great moments. But there's something about Christmas in the city that really, really is just beautiful. And as I think about it, and, as, and, and I've read a lot of people who've, who've, who've written about Christmas and Christmas in the city, I think the reason that Christmas in the city is so great is because there's so there's such a high concentration of people who live and are in the city at Christmas time. Uh, when I, I, we first moved to Florida, my, my mom's house was like, I mean, it seemed like a mile from her house to the next house. And there were no street lights, so it was pitch dark. Everybody was all spread out. You could hardly see your neighbors. But here, you can open your window. How many of you have this? You open your window and lean out far enough, you can touch your neighbors right? There's something about it. And, and this is what came to me. You see, if Christmas brings hope, if Christmas is about hope, then the more hope that there is in one concentrated area, the more beautiful it is. And I think there's something about feeling that togetherness, that when we're all together at Christmas time, that it makes a huge difference because it's contagious. Even just singing Christmas songs, It's contagious. You hear somebody singing and you just want to sing along. And so as we wrap up our series this this, uh, month that we've been doing for the last four months, which the series is called The Voices of the Church of South San Francisco. And the reason I wanted to do this series is because as a church, I wanted us to see that we are not alone, that there are other churches in our city that have a similar mission, a similar goal, that we are all working together. Because here at Grace Point, one of the things that we have said from the very beginning is that no one church can reach everybody. No one can do it all. But when we partner together, when the most important thing is not building up your particular church, but building up the church, and for us, the church of South San Francisco, because this is the city that our church is in, when we work together, that together, the church together can reach everyone. We just all have to do our part. 
we all have to do our part. So today I'm going to start off I'm going to start off by telling you my favorite rendition of the Christmas story. And the Christmas story this is the Christmas story that if if you ever watch Merry Christmas Charlie Brown right this is the story that Linus says in the movie when everything kind of darkens and there's just a light focused on him and he tells the Christmas story. It's out of Luke 2. And this is what it says. It says, At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All registered, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David... He had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That's the Christmas story that we've all heard. That Jesus was born. He was born in a manger because there was no lodging available to him. And it's a great story. But the next part of that story, for me, is the part that tells us, or tells us is the wrong word. It's not that it tells us. But it gives us a model for why it is so important for us who are here living in the city to make sure that we do everything that we can do to let other people in our city know about Jesus. Why that's so important. So it starts off in verse 8 and it says this. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, this is an important thing for, in context for what we're going to talk about today because when it says the shepherds were staying in the fields, it does not mean that the shepherds left their home in the city and went out into the fields to, to watch the sheep and then later on they would go back in. They lived in the countryside. They were not city dwellers. They lived in the country. In fact, usually what they would do is that they would just set up camp wherever they happened to be and wherever their sheep stopped walking for that day or for that week. And they lived out in the countryside. There wasn't a lot of people there. And that's where they lived. And that's where they were from. They were from the country. And so it goes on in verse 9 and it says this. It says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Now, I, I like this because that, word, that phrase appeared among them is actually the Greek words epeste autoist, which means to stand and come along a side. And so I love that visual because I can see the shepherds, right? They're walking along, and all of a sudden as they're walking, an angel just comes right up next to them and starts walking with them. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? And, and they were scared. Because for some reason, where you look throughout Scripture, everywhere that an angel appears, everybody is scared. Look at verse 9. It says, they were terrified. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy 
to all people. And that word angel is often translated as messenger. And so he has a message and he's a message that he's trying to give. And for us today, I want us to look at three things, three things that the angel is telling them. In this message, it's three things that the angel is telling the people who live outside the city. He's telling them to do this for the people who live inside the city. It's for us the same message that God wants us to deliver while we are here living in the city. Because some of us aren't going to be living here long. I know that there are a lot of people here, maybe some of you who are watching us online, that part of your retirement plan is to no longer live in the city. Right? How many of you have already calculated the equity in your home and you know that when you sell it, you know exactly what city you're moving to because you can pay cash and never have to worry about a house payment again? Right? It's, it, for some reason, our plan is always to leave, but while you're here, God has a mission for us. So in verse 11, it says this, and he's going to tell us, this is, this is the angel, and the angel says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So the first thing that the angel is telling these guys is that Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And for too many people, maybe people who are in your life right now, your relatives, your friends, uh, people who you work with, they're walking around and they don't know that their Savior, their Messiah, their Lord, the person who can make a huge difference, that can change the direction of their life, is already here. The first thing he's saying is, is that Jesus is here. He's here now. The second thing he tell, the, the angel tells the, the shepherds is this. The angel says in verse 12, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. So first, the angel says, listen, Jesus is here. But then the second thing the angel does is the angel tells them how to know where to find Jesus. Where are you supposed to go? What are you supposed to do? How do I find this Jesus that you've been talking about? That's the second thing that the angel says. And then verse 13, it goes on and it says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now the Hebrew word for peace is the word shalom. And some of you have heard me say this before, but the word shalom, peace, does not mean simply a cessation of hostility. See, for many of us, that's when we think of peace, that's what we think of. We think that there was fighting, and now there's no fighting. And there's peace. But the word shalom actually has a meaning that um, the best way that I've ever heard it explained is Nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom is nothing missing, nothing broken. If you've ever tried to put a puzzle together and there was a piece missing, you understand that frustration. If you've ever ordered anything on Amazon and when you, you're so excited that it, it's come and you open up the box and it's broken, you understand that. Or a hole in the screen. 
or the remote control is gone, or, or the, the, the batteries in the remote have rusted over. I mean, there's, a, there's things that happen all over in our lives that, that, that when we think about them, it's because there's something missing or there's something broken. It could be a, a thing. It could be a person. It could be our heart. It could be our soul, our spirit, our energy. It could be a relationship. And here the angel is saying that the shalom that your soul is searching for, that feeling of nothing's missing, nothing's broken, that is what Jesus brings with him. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. It goes on in verse 15 and it says this, when the angels had returned to heaven, so suddenly now there's a whole host and a host is like, there's no real defined number, it's just a lot. And I'm not talking about a lot like 50 or 100, I'm talking thousands, right? The whole night sky is lit up. There is a host of angels. It's bright, bright, bright. They're out in the country. Everything is all totally shining. And then they go, and everything is dark again. And the only thing that's left are the shepherds. And so it says in verse 15, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. That's what the angel said. That's where the Messiah is. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And that word, that phrase, they hurried, that phrase appears um, several other places in Scripture. And every single time that 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 phrase, they hurried, uh, appears, it always talks, or in the other times, it talks about the people leaving whatever they were doing, leaving everything behind and going in a hurry. They had to leave in a hurry. They left something behind. And I love this because years later, Jesus would talk about this in a parable where there, would, where there were sheep that was left behind to go searching for one. And so here we are at the start of Jesus's life and the shepherds leave the sheep to go looking for the one Messiah. He leaves their sheep. They go. And when they get there, right? Now, imagine this today in our society. Someone tells you that there's this really, really great thing. No one else knows about it. They tell you exactly where to go. This is how you get there. You got to hike through here, go down this path, you know, turn at the old bridge, and you get to that place. And what do we do? Today, what we do is we Instagram it. Right? We go and we take a picture of ourselves. We post it online. And after we see it, we go, oh, that was cool. And then we go and we move on to the next thing. That's not what they did. It says here that after that they went and, and they saw him. And then verse 17, it says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. They told everyone and they told them the three things. Jesus is here. This is where you can find him. He's going to bring you the shalom, the nothing missing, nothing broken in your life.
In verse 18, it says, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And I remember hearing this in the olden days. Well, I probably shouldn't say olden days. No, wait a second. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I remember hearing this in the olden days and thinking that, you know, when you go out and you tell everybody, like when the shepherds went, and it says that they told everybody. And Bethlehem is not a small city. But the shepherds stayed long enough to tell everyone in the city about what they had seen. And it says that that all who heard it were astonished. And I had always had it in my mind that once you hear it, that you're astonished. And then you just completely change your life. Like the whole city of Bethlehem just went, okay, that's the Messiah. And we just went. And just went over there and started to worship him. Because they were astonished. But they didn't. In fact... Most of the people who heard the shepherd's story that were listening to them and were astonished, most of them said, eh, that's pretty cool. Go ahead, post it online. We're done. Their lives weren't changed. Nothing happened. And I think maybe for us, that's part of the, the thing that, that I think for, for a lot of us, I know for me for many years, is part of the reason that I didn't want to talk about Jesus to people, that I, I was hesitant about inviting a friend or, or a co-worker or a, or, or a relative to come to, to visit church. Is that because, you know, a lot of times you, they look at you and they're astonished. They smile. You think that's great. As soon as you're gone, as soon as you finish telling the story, they're done. And you don't see them. So maybe that's the reason why. But the challenge for us as a church, the challenge for us as followers of Jesus is that the cities are growing faster than the church of God is growing in them. Listen to me. The cities are growing faster than the church is growing in it. Which means unless we do something different, we'll never be able to reach the cities. We're going to lose the battle. And we can't do it if we expect someone else to do it for us. Every single one of us has a responsibility. The shepherds, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And then in verse 20, it says, The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. As a church, we have a responsibility to the other churches in this city to do our part to reach the people that they're not reaching. Because no church can reach everyone. And we have a responsibility to reach the people that we can reach. It's part of our responsibility. But for us to be able to be who we are, it means that those of you who call Grace Point Church your home, you have a responsibility to be part of that. You have a responsibility to be part of that. Because in the same way that the churches around us can't do it without us, because no church can reach everybody, neither, no one person can reach everyone either. There are people that I cannot reach that only you can. 
And that's why it's so important that we all pull together to do this. And listen, if you are a, not a Christian and you're here with us today, if you're watching us online, you might be sitting next to somebody and you're not a Christian and someone is making you watch me. Listen, if you're not a Christian, the reason that you are here today is because there is a Christian in your life who cares enough about you to force you to be here. I don't think it's just because they told you how great the turkey's going to be. I think it's because there is someone in your life who doesn't want you to not have an opportunity to meet Jesus. To see how you know that Jesus is in your life. And to give Jesus an opportunity to offer you the shalom, the peace, the nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. And we have to do it together. We have to do it together. This is, uh, I want to read this quote, and this is weird because this is the first time in history that I have ever quoted somebody who was sitting in the room. But last week, Pastor Mike said this. He said, God is doing great things in this church. I didn't say that. It's an outside observer who has been watching you, who has come here before, twice before. And has seen what you are doing. And he has said, God is doing great things in this church. God has a great plan for this church. But listen to what he said next. Remember what you said next? (laughs) This is what he said next. Get the wisdom here. It is up to each one of you to be willing, to be ready, to be available, to be equipped and prepared to do the works of service. Listen to me, Grace Point Church. It is up to you to be willing, to be ready, to be available, to be equipped, and to be prepared to do the work. Because there are people in your lives right now who their entire destiny could change simply by inviting them to come to church or having a conversation with them over a cup of coffee or, or telling them about how God has worked in your life. That the entire direction of their family's life could change. If you just step out and do that one thing. And I know what you're thinking because you're thinking the exact same thing that I was thinking. I can't do it. I don't know what to say. I haven't read enough of my Bible. I don't know the answers to all of the questions. Well, let me tell you something. I've been doing this for a long time. I don't know the answers to all the questions. Pastor Mike, do you know the answers to all the questions? Thank you very much. That's exactly right. I don't know half the questions to ask. We don't know. But if everybody waited until they knew enough, no one would ever do anything. And so, Pastor Fernando, who was here two weeks ago, he reminded us of this. He said, the Holy Spirit gives us the power. The Holy Spirit helps me in every situation. You have a family member and you don't know how to talk to them? Holy Spirit, tell me what to say. You have a co-worker and, and, and that, that, in, that, that invite card has been burning a hole in your pocket. It's been burning a hole in your purse. You don't know how to say it to them. Holy Spirit, give me an opportunity to just say, hey, why don't you come and visit my church? We can't do it on our own and that's the beauty of it. Even when the opportunity comes, we can't do it on our own. But with God, we can do it Through his power, he gives us the words, he gives us the opportunity, 
He gives us everything that we need. Because let me tell you something. God loves me a lot. He loves you a lot. But you see that guy that just drove by in that car? Just the same. That lady who's in front of you at Safeway with 16 items in the 15 items or less line? Ran into that lady this morning. God loves her just the same. The people who we are most irritated, bothered, repulsed by in our lives, God loves them as much as he loves us. So who are we to not give them an opportunity to find God the way that we found him? So my, my, what I want to, to, to really reiterate to you, what I want you all to grab from this series that we have been doing, and, and I'll tell you, I, I never told Pastor Fernando what to say. I never told Pastor Mike what to say. I knew that God was doing something, and they gave us everything that we needed to wrap this up today. So I want you to stand up, whether you call Grace Point Church your home or if you're just visiting with us today, those of you who are watching us online, um, stand up. I can see you. Stand up. Come on. It's not going to kill you. All right. And let's say this together as a reminder for us that we are the ones who are going to make the difference. God's plan is to reach, serve and love my city through me. Let's do that one more time. God's plan is to reach, serve, and love my city through me. It doesn't matter what city you live in. You might live in South City. You might live in San Bruno, South San Francisco. You might live in San Francisco. You might live in the Philippines somewhere. I don't know where you live. I don't know where you live, where you're watching us from. But God's plan to serve, reach, and love the city that you live in is you. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.